Hello, everyone. It is NFL Week 1, and that means it's time to do our first round of Ride or Die Picks for 2022. Pete is in Vegas, so today I'll be joined by Stochastics Eric Lindquist, one of my old pals, doing splash play for the first time. We have Pete's picks as well. We're also going to hit the Battle Royale and Underdog Fantasy today to see what that's like. A little bit of a taste of best ball for just Week 1 NFL, so let's hit that intro and get right into it. <music> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your new friend and my old friend, Eric Lindquist from Stochastic, which, of course, you can go subscribe for yourself on YouTube for uh, really uh, probably I, I didn't need to do that plug at all, Eric. I think we know there's a lot more <laughs> people watching that when they're watching Splash Play right now. But glad to have you on, buddy. It's been far too long. Far too long. Uh, I was going to say when. When you hit me up, it was one of those things where I'm like, can I navigate some things around? I know, uh, I think you have a wedding this weekend too, correct? No, I do not no, have a okay. wedding. I, do, I know, I don't, I refuse to take part in big wedding, uh, you know, like <laughs> overall, I just don't want to be, don't want to be married, Eric. I don't want to okay. do anything like, no, but um, I, I'm sure your wedding is going to be very classy and elegant because you're going to a nice part of California for this one, right? Yeah, so we got married in Santa and as my wife and I did in November, uh, we're going back up there for the first time for another a friend of ours uh, wedding. So looking forward to just kind of like playing the hits from our wedding, just going back to the place where it all began and then being able to hang out in like a new venue, a uh, new spot, but being able to kind of be up at Santa Inez is just like this old, uh, charming. It's almost like Disneyland where they have all these like Denmarkian type Norwegian setups. Uh, it's just really, really bougie, but like not bougie, if that makes any sense. So that basically sums you up pretty well. Pretty much. Yeah, I missed you too. <laughs> well, guys, make sure you are hitting the like button on this video. Of course, this is going to be the new time of the Friday shows. It's actually when Pete is back next week as well. We'll be hitting these at 10 a.m. on Fridays, Eastern time. So please join us for that one. It'll be right before Pete's Fantasy Life show on SiriusXM. So hang out with us 10 a.m. here. And the schedule is going to be a moving process on Splash Play, as you guys have seen so far this week. On Wednesday, we had Rin Pack, another stochastic great, one of the top DFS players in the world, talking about the optimizer and the strategy on how to build better lineups for NFL DFS. And actually, I got to ask you, Eric, how'd you do in the showdown yesterday? Because because I did actually watch your live stream. I'm now back in the stochastic streets after not playing much DFS lately. And I did make a little profit yesterday. So I feel like I've already learned from the great Rin Pack and we'll give him all the credit for it. No, I did not. Uh, but I did go 3-0 on the old prizepicks.com. So that was exciting. Uh, did that. And then I, I still grinded MLB last night, which was very, very profitable. I'm a sick person. So there's that. Uh, went 3-0 in those streets and had a decent DFS night. But uh, for the most part... Uh, it was not the green. It was the game script. I imagine I, I had it kind of going under the total. Uh, yeah. That was kind of the thing you want to build out certain narratives for certain things. And when you, you know, as well as I do, when you're on those shows, sometimes you don't feel like having 150, you know, 300 lineups that you're going to be building out uh, live on stream. So I fortunately didn't have to go too far down the rabbit hole. I did a lot of hand building and uh, a lot of those builds went towards like the under type narrative had more running backs, but my God, uh, the Rams, absolute egg yeah i did not really i'm not a big believer in defenses and and showdown formats anyway normally so that was not a uh, playing them at captain was not something i was ever going to get to uh Same. but i you know overall like i'm 
I've been thinking all along like that the Bucks are going to be the team that had the the hangover season that you know maybe everybody's penciling in to be great and they're not quite as good. But it does feel like the Rams, like Stafford, I don't the noodle arm thing. I don't. I felt like his arm his arm was perfectly lively. Um, he just wasn't able to get it any besides Cooper Cup. But like Allen Robinson is really the one I'm worried about there. Where I invested in him, I think relatively with the field and best ball. And and I don't you know Pete's not here. The FBI is not watching the stream, so we could talk about <laughs> best ball on this one. But I got 11 percent of of him overall. I think across DraftKings and underdog and feel okay about that. But I feel like Robinson, like he is almost 30. He was terrible last year. Like he's the part of this that could be bad for the Rams. And if he is bad, it's just going to be all in Cooper Cup. And, and you know, if, if God forbid he goes down, like then they are deeply screwed. Yeah, I, I think it actually, maybe it's just me watching it. I, I haven't dug too far into that. I'm kind of thinking more about Sunday at this point. But it felt like the offensive line was kind of not what you would expect from a Los Angeles Rams team. Von Miller, 33 years old looked pr- quite spry running around the field last mm-hmm. night and created some havoc. Uh, they were just getting so much pressure on Stafford. And I think what happens is when you have like a, a generational talent like Cooper Cup, and that I think that based off of last year, and I think we're going to see it again this year. I mean, the guy is a freak. And I think you kind of just default to him when you're under pressure like that. I don't want to overreact to one game with Allen Robinson. I, I do get a little worried where we haven't seen any production from him now for a year and a half or you know, I guess this would be 19 games from Allen Robinson. But I think that when you start to shore up that offensive line and, and Buffalo's as tough as of a defensive matchup as you're going to get, period, end of story. So I think that the Rams have a lot of uh, revamping, making things work for that offensive line to just give Stafford time. And I think that'll just by default help out Robinson going forward. Yeah, it's got to be better than it was yesterday, but still a nice start for Cup. And and hopefully a taste of what we'll see from Justin Jefferson and that same offense that they're bringing to Minnesota this year. Shout out to the chat as well. A guy, Lunchable Connoisseur with the $5 Super Chat just popped in that I hear about Norwegian parrot racing. I mean, is that something you're betting on, Eric? Because it wouldn't shock me based on how deep you go. I mean, you never know. Here's the thing, though. Uh, shout out Ben Raza over there at Stochastic, my guy. <laughs> we do a lot of golf, cha- uh, golf content together. Every single year around the Kentucky Derby or so, I deposit into TVG. And it gets weird for about a week or two. And I don't really know what to do with myself because I found myself betting Japanese chariot racing at like 4 a.m. the other day. That was like, I mean, back in April or or May or whatever it was. But legitimately cheering for chariot racing at 4 a.m. is a dark, dark place to be. It is a lot of fun things to bet on here. Speaking of, by the way, we are very close to rolling out an updated beta for our probably app. Uh, my new thing I'm working on, on the side here to hopefully give myself a way to uh, make some money to pay for Lucas College. So please go to probably app, P-R-O-B-L-Y app.com. Join the wait list on there. I'm really excited with what we're doing on the UX front with that stuff. And hopefully going to have an update tomorrow that'll allow me to make some content around it uh, coming up here. But going to be the simplest, most powerful version of expected value betting is really what the sales pitch is for probably. So please, P-R-O-B-L-Y b-l-y app.com and then the chats here real fast got to give a, a little shout out to mongo used to grind the nba slate starter every day until i realized i suck and stopped <laughs> i loved watching eric tilt i feel like your tilting eric is one of your brands right now for content that has helped you really ascend the ladder to being a, a key part of the youtube ecosystem oh man well first of all coming from you uh, the guy who taught me everything, uh, including tilting. Most of your tilting, though, happened behind the camera, a little bit less so in front of the camera. So uh, I will say that that's, that's kind of just the way that I think about my good friend's uh, spags. But uh, I do think that whatever that Paul George was, I, I, it was one of those things where I think I was just kind of meddling along in obscurity. And then all of a sudden, you lose a bunch of money because Paul George gets late scratch from a Starbucks Frappuccino. Like, that's... That that is the thing. Too much caffeine. You got a little woozy. Ooh, I'm not feeling so good. I can't play this NBA basketball game no more. Uh, it was just 
fucking ridiculous. And so uh, that that is kind of the thing that uh, I, I think that I'm the most known for by random people. And then it gets brought up. I mean, even like on a random golf show on a Tuesday in August, somebody would be like, oh, Paul George has got scratched, Eric. And I'm like, good one. I haven't heard that for two years now, but such is life. The irony is they might actually be good this year now that they have John Wall and Kawhi coming back. And, it, and after being like borderline a joke last year, and yeah, it's just uh, the Clippers will continue to tilt you, I'm sure, over the coming years. Okay. And then I got to call this one, Mike Rob here for Spags Memorial the Queen. So this is a weird one, Eric, where I don't know if you saw the Premier League games got canceled. And like, there's a lot of stuff. And we actually have one of our new contributors of Football Outsiders this year, Tom Strachan, who you guys might be following on Twitter, NFL T Strack. He went viral a couple of weeks ago for being in the UK. And then Underdog brought him out to the US to help him do some best ball lineups because they can't play in the UK right now. And Tom did our first stream for FO yesterday, Eric. And, and like one of our other co-hosts was like, do we have him do the show? Because like, do they do work like because of the queen passing? And I honestly don't know enough about British culture. When I saw the games canceled, I was like, oh shit, do we do something? Like, is this an HR violation to have had him do content? <laughs> yeah, no, you're a bad person. Uh, you have to accept that about yourself. Uh, I, I don't really know the protocol for this. She was 96. So you can't say one. It, it's not unexpected. Like this is not something where a 96-year-old passes away, and it's like, I can't believe this occurred. Uh, happens a lot. Second of all, uh, I will say, like, if an American president were to die, like, it doesn't really matter who that president, well, it might matter who that president was, but for the most part, uh, I think that you're looking at a situation where a lot of other sports games might get canceled even here, so I think that might be the equivalent. Maybe it's, maybe I'm overshooting that one, but I mean, the queen just is like a polished individual in most parts of the country or in most parts of the world. So uh, I understand it. It's a little weird, a little weird to me, though. Yeah, I don't get it as an American. You know, like if you're in the UK, I certainly would get the, you know, feeling something there, given that you probably lived your entire life with her in that position. But uh, the American culture where they're like obsessed, obsessed with it, I, I personally am not on board with that one. But I won't make fun of it either. So that's where we're falling on this one. And yes. Gavin here, one of the new names asking buy low on acres. I think it's actually buy high on Darrell Henderson or buy mid-range on Henderson. The fact that he's running all those routes into the flat, the fact that Robinson might be bad and they really don't have anybody else. I mean, Van Jefferson coming back at some point, maybe they do sign Odell again once he's healthy. But I think, like, to me, Henderson is going to be a crucial part of that offense. That was my bet when I was taking him a lot in some of my zero RB builds. That I know you got into as well, Eric, but I feel <laughs> great about Henderson. I would feel really bad about Akers right now. I thought you were going to just be intolerable this morning. Uh, I was expecting more, actually. I was expecting you to come on here with like a pack of six. Just, I don't care that my oh, basement yeah. is halfway one underwater. One, baby, we're good. <laughs> oh, oh, daddy. Oh, baby. Oh, you Cam Akers in the fifth round. How you feeling? Oh, well, even baby. Singletary, too. Singletary, I mean, Cook fumbling I is not Singletary. great. But like, Singletary was a key zero RB guy. Yep. I know we talked about Sean Siegel had him as one of his like linchpins on Rotoviz of the zero RB builds, but I got a lot of Singletary, too. You know, he certainly wasn't great, but Moss, too, in the 18th round. Like, I feel like zero RB one game in, Eric, which we know in football, it's all the sample size you need. I'm ready to crown zero RB the winner of all the tournaments this year. Well, here's what I don't understand. And this was my biggest gripe, I think. And I should have. So, I mean, obviously, I was balls deep in some MLB this year, but uh, I got to think, like, I did about 140 drafts between DraftKings and FanDuel this year. I didn't get to max out any, or sorry, between DraftKings and Underdog this year. I didn't get to max anything out. But I will say that I am pretty darn positive that Cam Akers had a torn Achilles like a year and a half ago. Like mm -hmm. that's still a fact. And if you go through the realm of like, how many running backs do we see at the top of their game post an Achilles? And 
it might be something that they recover from faster than ever before because of modern medicine and such, but that doesn't make you more productive. And also, why would they want to run him into the ground week one? I mean, this is a long, long season for a team that once again has title aspirations. If Cam Akers is some dynamic playmaker, why are you abusing him in week one? That would have made no sense to me. So it's it's something where I don't think you have to completely hit the panic button. He did get involved a little bit in the receiving game. I think that that's something for like a DraftKings purpose, maybe makes some sense. But like, oh boy, you don't feel good involved with him. Now, Devin Singletary, I feel really good about. That was kind of one of the things that I took from you as I started digging into more zero RB because I was just like, oh, spags. You were anti. What switched for you, by the way? Because you were like heavy, like drafting RBs, kind of robust RB builds. And then, then I saw you posted some screenshots. Like Eric is really dabbling zero RB. So what put you over the top? So I don't think it gets talked enough about draft order. Um, best ball, like when you get the fifth to ninth pick, I think you're sitting on the nuts. And I know Adam Scher, uh, Shit My Money DFS, another stochastic guy that's super sharp. He kind of tweeted something out about this. And he and I have been going back and forth about it quite a bit uh, behind the scenes. And, and we both believe that that's the optimal draft position because people make mistakes or you get in a draft with somebody that passes on three, four top players. And all of a sudden you get cup at six or something. You have an opportunity to just run amok. But what happened for me was a lot of the drafts that I was drafting from seven to 11 almost all started with digs. And I didn't really like any of the running backs in the range. Once you get past McCaffrey, Taylor, I wasn't going to jump and take Mixon. I wasn't going to jump and take guys that were going 14, 15. Like if Barkley showed up at 18, 20 for me, that was something that happened. But when you start with digs, you add Allen and Davis to the mix almost by default because you're just investing so heavily in that passing attack. And I don't think uh, digs and, and Davis are going to be super predatory the way other people might, where they just want one, or you want the skinny stack for the entire best ball. Like I want that entire offense from now until eternity, because Josh Allen is different. So mm. I think that because I was starting off with three of those, of those spots, I just didn't like Montgomery in the fourth or fifth. I didn't like all of these other running backs that just seemed to be going around 50, 55, 60. It just felt really thin to take Brees Hall. I'm an Iowa State guy, so maybe I'm going to absolutely eat crow on that one. But it just started taking into account like Michael Carter, these timeshare spots where things break a certain way and all of a sudden you are sitting there with the nuts, especially on like DraftKings where it's a PPR type Michael Carter Jr. Uh, Hines with the new passing rule. So many running backs that I think are just going massively undervalued this year. Yeah, I agree with you fully. That was my thesis all along. And also just betting on the uncertainties, betting on the guys that, you know, can really upset players where, you know, football is not binary. Football is not a 100% sport. Football is not an NBA where a guy gets 35 minutes. And you know, he's starting and he's going to play all those minutes. And he's going to be productive. And even if he shoots terribly, he's going to get rebounds and assists. So that's what my thesis for it. And I think we'll see more and, and certainly prepare for some victory lapping come Monday. Uh, I'm going to do a stream <laughs> and I, and there's going to be a lot of games, Eric, this weekend where it's going to be Heinz, it's going to be Algier. Somebody's going to come in and uh, boy, if I have 20 of them people are not going to hear the end of it for a while <laughs> i was gonna say uh i i do want to who is your highest owned running back um i think it ended up being heinz actually let me i'll pull it up right now but i i shared my exposures on twitter if anybody wants to take a look at what the final ones were um but i think oh because now it's in the completed tab or no it's, it moved around because of uh underdog moves to the lives uh to the live uh, tab for what the the tournaments are right now so i actually don't know how much i have offhand um, but I think it was Heinz ended up being the top one for me. Heinz and Pitts, I think, were the guys that really stood okay. out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of um, sense. 
And I got to, of course, pull us one of the regulars here. Shout out to all you guys hanging out. And I know it's weird to not have Pete on these shows. I miss him a lot. But we will have Pete's pick today for Ride or Dies. And hopefully Eric will fill the job of razzing me accordingly as we go. But got to pull up the RB pig here because I did see, in fact, our friend, the fantasy flock guy, was already lamenting that he was drafting a lot of cam makers in the fifth round. So for all the people <laughs> drafting cam makers in the fifth round and thinking it was actually a good draft pick instead of one that I auto-drafted on stream a bunch, there you go, Eric. Look at that pig on that screen. Ado an adorable pig, honestly. Way cute. Yeah. yeah, it's no Duke, but you know, you're trying the best you can. <laughs> Who could be Eric's adorable dog? We were talking about before the show. And uh follow Duke's Burner's account or Duke's Burner account rather on Instagram is the the one you really want to be following for all your dog content. It's the one true account. It's one one account to rule them all, one account to find them. So I do want to do into this battle royale and underdog just to show people what this format is because I think it's actually pretty fun. I've banged out about 20 of them in, over the last day or so. Hard to get a 150 max, I think, on a weekly battle royale format, but it is six-person teams, uh, six-person le leagues, rather, uh, six-round drafts, and it's a nice format, so we're going to show you guys that in a second here. But I want to give you the floor first because I know you're going to be doing a lot of NFL streams. You might be more transactional with it as a stochastic uh, YouTube channel is where they're talking about the talking about the information not really getting to put as many of your hot takes out there for the season is there anything you have for this season that you would qualify as a hot take you just haven't been able to get off yet oh man i think i've gotten it off but there's there's <laughs> yeah, no yeah. hotter take that i have than mvs top 10 wide receiver um wow okay. i am i am i am absolutely all in and this is as a vikings fan uh that, that watched mvs and could not believe how uninvolved he was with the packers throughout his tenure there the guy out of Southern Florida, uh, South Florida, it was. Uh, he was at North Carolina State for a season, uh, transferred to Florida, uh, South Florida, and then just became an absolute god. Uh, fifth round pick for the Packers. Obviously, uh, had some massive upside games, but everybody keeps talking about Tyreek Hill isn't there. Tyreek Hill, how are they going to replace his speed? They replaced his speed. You know what it's called? MVS, who was the second fastest player in the NFL last season. If you go to NFL Next Gen Stats, uh, he is a He's a sub four, four guy who has a 30 inch vertical and is six foot four, two thirty. absolutely runs linear and three years, 30 million. They're not handing that out for, for no reason to a guy like MVS there in Kansas city. You have one of the best offensive minds. You have a quarterback that we obviously all believe in. And the value is just there constantly. He is my highest owned wide receiver and absolutely everything. I think that, you know, as much as people want to talk about Juju being a possession guy in the slot, MVS is going to take it over the top and, I don't, you're going to be saying Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill, who very, very soon in KC. I agree with you. I think I don't like top 10 might be a stretch, but I, I did love whatever MVS shares I got. He was somebody that I certainly reached for throughout the summer quite a bit. And I really agree with you overall. Like one of the articles that stood out to me, and I talked a lot about the athletic and how it's worth subscribing just to read the tea leaves on what guys are talking about in training camp and the offseason and all of that. And like MVS getting coaching from Devontae Adams, you know, talking to him about how to play mm -hmm. with Mahomes the best that he can be. And the fact too that everybody else, like we'll see what Juju does. He was pretty much limited by what the Steelers were doing the last few years and being basically a glorified check down guy. But if that's just who he is, like there's nobody who's really going to be running those deep rounds. It's really MVS or Hardman. We kind of have seen what Hardman can do. It's he's not Tyree kill MVS. At least we know can blow the top off. Like, crazy a dot guy last year in green bay and i feel like this year with mahomes like we know mahomes loves to buy time and extend plays so if mbs is good like this is the best shot for him to be that top 10 guy so i would say more likely to be a top 20 but like if you want to take a hot take like he could really bust it open and have you know multiple hundred yard games and make it really look easy yeah well i'm trying to take it from hot take to like grandma pushing the boat across in dante's inferno kind of hot take like that's that's what we're here for
All right, so let's do the battle royale here. And if you want to play with us alongside, or alongside us, rather, an underdog, use the promo code SPLASH to double your deposit up to 100 bucks. As you can see here, it's a pretty nice tournament on the battle royale for week one, 200K in guaranteed prizes. Uh, the fill right now is at about 45%. So it looks like this one actually should fill. So not something to go look for overlay. But 40K up top, that's part of why I think it's actually worth playing this year. An underdog trying to do more to keep us playing, Eric, throughout the year. So you have not played a battle royale before. When you see this format on the screen, I think it's pulling my exposures right now from the brick HUD for mm -hmm. uh, the season-long draft, the best ball drafts. But is there any sort of strategy you would try to deploy in this room now that you're seeing it for the first time and trying to wrap your head around it? Uh, wrap my head around uh, what exactly for the thing that I have never done once in my entire <laughs> life. Uh, thanks so much. Throw me under a bus, why don't you, right from the get-go. It looks like Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson might be good plays. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, perhaps. I would say that Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry going to be not guys I loved a lot in best ball, but guys that I have been taking a little bit in this Battle Royale format. And again, you're trying to win just week one for this one. It's just a Sunday main slate. So that's sort of the variance here. I did read an article that Hayden Winks wrote over on Underdog Force. Hayden Winks, another proud Splash Play alum, I'm sure, who will hopefully get on at some point this year. But basically what they were trying to say was take the QBs late in terms of the strategy that they've observed um, from the Underdog data. Take your QBs late. You know, Don't be too slavish to ADP, but still be mindful of ADP. And it feels like, Eric, this is a spot where you really do want to get that RB floor. It's actually one QB, one running back, two wide receivers, one tight end, and then a flex position. Okay. So that's the format here if you want to. I'm giving you the crash course on Battle Royale that you were not prepared for. Thanks, pal. Yeah, uh, looking forward for. to it. So for me, I think the first thing that I would think about is everybody starts with their ADP at the top for contests like this. I like to scroll down a little bit further and figure out, all right, if I'm in a bind, if I'm in an absolute bind, what is the stack that I'm okay just landing on like there has to always be some kind of a safety valve especially when you're only doing six picks going across in the first round everybody's going by adp and everybody's kind of doing it the same way what is the one stack that i can like guarantee myself that i can get that i can live with i mean there's going to be what's lamar jackson at right now in terms right. of qb like well, we're, we're the clock is ticking here eric so oh, henry shit. jefferson or adams uh well i mean it's derrick uh, henry now <laughs> Time to Come on, Jefferson, you're Jefferson, Jefferson. Your game theory, and Eric is really a genius game theory mind that I, I don't think he gets enough credit for in his content career. Uh, but Derrick Henry, I feel like for week one, again, not a guy I'm playing in best ball. For week one against the Giants, like, okay, I feel like Derrick yeah. Henry is probably worth being one of those top few picks. I suppose we can. Half point PPR, I'll, I'll live with it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I did also actually try creating some lineups yesterday using the uh, the stochastic projections from uh, the team. Of course, I I still have a hard time. You actually find it hard to not say Osmo now that you've been the rebrand has been going for a few months. What's I'm confused. What what was the word you just said? Uh, for me, I work for stochastic.com. For me, five days, you know, five days a week, six days a week of doing streams. I got used to saying Osmo, and it'll be hard <laughs> to train myself out. But we're back on the clock here, Eric. Dalvin Cook, Herbert, Jones, Connor, Keenan Allen. Any of these guys stand out to you? I mean, this is just sacrilegious what you're doing. You, you got to take, I mean, it's got to be like, an, it's gotta be a, wide like a wide receiver at this point in time. Uh, let's go Marquise Brown, because I think you can actually make sure that you ensure you get Kyler Murray if you take him. It's going to be hard to have Allen with Herbert. It's going to be hard to get him stacked up correctly. So I think... Uh, pretty easy for us to grab Murray um, the comeback, I, I assume, I assume.
Yeah, Murray in one of the highest total games of the week, which we're going to talk about here. Ride or die picks coming up after we do this draft. So hang out with us. Do that one. We'll have Eric's picks. We'll have my picks. And we'll have Pete's picks live from, well, not live from Vegas, but emailed to me while he was flying across the country to Vegas. And Pete, of course, is at FFPC. So if you want to check out some of what he's been doing, the ship chasing guys, doing some main event drafts. Um, that's something, Eric, I don't know if, you've, if you're even aware of, because I wasn't aware of it really until this year, but $10,000 entry fee for those FFPC drafts. You get to go in person and treat it like a, a World Series of Poker main event. I'm intrigued by it, though I do feel like I just get a lot more fun doing these like on the shitter when I'm feeding the baby. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, no, you're a man of the people. Pete <laughs> uh, Pete is fantastic. I've always enjoyed his content, and I obviously enjoy Splash Play watching you guys. But uh, I will say, he seems like a man who enjoys the finer things in life, like maybe going and getting pampered and told that he's special and patting him on the bum. So uh, you're more of a grinder in these streets, I will say That's that. True. And I just don't want to leave my house. Agoraphobic. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back on the clock. We got Mike. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it's going to be super easy to get Kyler later. I, I, I mean, I think MVS is going to be the guy I want like last, right? Like nobody's going to take MVS. You don't have to. Well, apparently oh, we're taking it. The <laughs> there we go. Way to go. Uh, so now that's my week one hot take too, is that no matter what, MVS is going off. There it is. I mean, if he's a top 10 receiver, Eric, we don't want to risk anybody else taking him right before us. No, you don't. No, no I'm chance. I'm just saying the, the opportunity is there. You can't ask for a better quarterback situation and they've invested in him. That's, that's the stuff I like to see. Are you planning on maxing the big tournaments this week? Because uh, Rin Pack was trying to talk me after our show on Wednesday, trying to talk me into doing the FanDuel one because I think it's four dollars yep, one fifty max, and DK is a five dollar one fifty max. It's hard to pass that up for um, you know not paying the normal three thousand to four thousand dollars to get all your entries in. Yeah, so I do a lot of small field. I make five lineups. I don't know why that's just the number in NFL that always makes sense to me for for DraftKings purposes. I'll make like you know, 150, I'll do, you know, the $3 dollar, I'll max out all of that stuff. But like, you know, I'm, I'm basically really focused on those five lineups for DK for fan. Do I almost always just max out like the four or the nine or whatever it ends up being for that week. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm fully invested in the DK one. I'm unsure about the Fandle one. I've told Alex that I do not want to be bothered with Luca the entire Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. Cause I'm going to be focused in, I didn't know that Rinpak wakes up like at 4am to do NFL lineups. Like I didn't know he was that crazy Bro. with it. Obviously there is a sacrifice that goes into being one of the top players, but that was a level Eric that I was not aware of and was fucking blown away by. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, I don't think, I mean, there's not a lot of people who work as hard as Ryan in terms of everything that he does. Everything he does is a hundred percent, but he does it with the composure of 0%. So that's, that's where it throws you off a little bit. He does keep it cool, which is, you know, part of the thing too, when you are wagering 10,000, $20,000 on a given slate, uh, you probably need to be able to keep it cool. Uh, whereas I, Eric and I have shown over the course of years, we're not as capable of keeping it that cool. <laughs> Gotta keep our composure. <laughs> All right, we're back on the clock. Do you want to take Kyler here? Do you want to go a different direction? Yeah, you might as well just finish out the entire game, right? I mean, we're just looking at yeah. a, a game stack. And again, you have to think about it, not just within these six, but you're trying to win 40K by having something that just goes completely nuts, right? We already have MVS, so everything we do now is different. It doesn't matter what we do here. We can we can add any piece that we want, and and we're set up in that game environment. And I also think skinny stacking when it comes to this probably makes the most sense. I probably mm. don't want to have any QBs with two uh, in any spots unless I'm like, I'm going to put together a Burrow stack and, and make that work. But uh, even like this team I'm looking at, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, hard for me to imagine a path where with six players, that's going to be like the optimal way that I want to build. 
I do think too, you know, the one thing, and this is, I am biased against running backs. We talked about though, again, willing to take a Derrick Henry in this particular format. So maybe I'm looking, coming across as more well-reasoned here, but I do think taking two running backs in this format is really limiting your upside. Mm -hmm. Like you got to beat a lot of people for a week one tournament. So if you're taking McCaffrey and Kamara, you need McCaffrey and Kamara to probably put up 50 point games. And I just don't think it's the right move. So I would heavily advocate for taking only one running back here. Um, if, just they, if they're, if they're Kamara where they can catch eight, 10 balls out of the middle of nowhere, like that, yeah. that at least makes a little bit more sense to me, but I'm, I'm with you where I just think I mean, we have to just look at range of outcomes and yeah, there's going to be a lot of times you're going to get zeroed out from Marquez Valdez Scantling, but there's going to be the times he puts up 35 and nobody's got him. So that's going to happen this season. Like he's not going to be a top 10 wide receiver because he averages 20 a game and has like a, a range of like 10 to 30. Like he's going to be a five or 40 type guy. All right, we're, we're a little thin at tight end uh, overall in the room. Should we take Zach Ertz here and do the double stack, or do you want to go oh, a different are way? Are we here for the Irv Smith takes? Are we here for the Irv Smith do tight you want end? Irv? You are a Vikings going guy. Up against Green Bay? Yeah, so Irv Smith just is getting completely slept on. He was hurt all of last year, and mm -hmm. Thielen is another year older. Jefferson's going to get a lot of blanketed coverage. Obviously, uh, there's going to be a lot of things that Green Bay tries to do. They always do try to go against Justin Jefferson here. I think Irv Smith's going to be open a lot. Uh, don't sleep on the Alabama. The, he was a monster there once upon a time, and we just haven't seen him at the NFL level uh, be healthy. So one-time dealer. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Irv Smith. I do think Justin Jefferson. I worry that, you know, if, if Justin Jefferson to me is a guy who can go for 2,000 receiving yards this year, and I, I believe that's really in his range of outcomes. Like, does that, how much does that take away from Irv? How much does that take away from Thielen? How much does that take away from KJ Osborne? I, you know, I don't, it's hard to say. Um, can all those guys get fed? I don't know. I do think the guy I would be want the least of is Thielen, just relative to age, relative to him mm -hmm. getting kind of luck box TDs the last few years, receiving yards coming down. So I'm with you. Like, I think one of the ways that Thielen fails is probably Irv being good enough, KJ. Osborne ascending a little bit and then Jefferson just being a monster like if he's like in a more athletic Cooper Cup he really might be one of the greatest receivers like for a season that we'll ever see I could not possibly agree more could not <laughs> all right so there we go. Skull, baby I'm hopefully saying what you want to hear because I actually think the Vi like if Jefferson is this good the Vikings should be live and Kirk Cousins might look the best he's ever looked and there's a lot of things that are intriguing to me about the Vikings that I think could parallel what the Rams had last year we can't play any defense, but that'll be, that's not, that's well, beside the point. That's only defense. half of football. <laughs> we don't, we don't cover that. We don't cover that. No, go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. <laughs> if you want to hear about defense, don't come to fucking splash play. <laughs> yeah. Right. Say, who do you, who do you think you are? I am. All right. We got one more receiver left. Potentially. It looks like we did not go. Do we want to take a Rondale more here for that? I guess oh you my God. double stack, but I do like Rondale. I mean, that's just the chalk of all chalk, though, right? Like, not he's going to get the DK boost, right? Everybody plays him on DK, and so they're going to click him. But here's the thing. I'm actually okay with it because it's MVS. It's not Juju. Like, for me, that's your main point of, oh, yeah, autopilot. Yeah, oh, there okay, it goes. Well. Oh, there. no, we're going to miss all of our non-picks we have left. <laughs> yeah, we're done. We're done. We've reached the end of your boarding walk. So, so but the I, final team here, and hopefully you guys saw like the it. format. It is a lot of fun. It goes by quickly. Again, I think a really nice toilet game. You know, maybe a little bit long on the toilet. If you're taking this long generally, multiple times a day, probably not the best for you. But Kyler Murray, we got Derrick Henry, Marquise Brown, MVS, Rondale Moore, Irv Smith. I like that team. I do think the Chiefs-Cardinals uh, game overall is going to be one of the easiest ones to stack in this format on Battle Royale from the 20 that I've done so far. 
Um, so, you know, definitely play on there and use that promo code SPLASH, double your deposit up to $100. A new way to play, uh, you know, basic DFS format, get some guys on there because I really don't think Rondale Moore will be anywhere near as chalky as he will be in DK this week. Um, Eric, you ready for ride or die picks? I told you the rules over the DM and it's one of those things that Pete explains better, but I will do the best I can to lay it out for you one more time. And of course, all the new people out there as well who did not watch Splash Play this year, we do our picks. We basically go game by game. You have a one pointer, a three pointer and a 10 pointer. They're graded according to the difficulty of the ask that you are making for that game. So if you say Trey Lance rushing for a hundred yards, that might be one of Pete's today. He thinks that's a 10 pointer. Would it be a 10 pointer? Probably a lot of QBs don't rush for a hundred yards and they're uh, really first you know, it's time on the bright lights like Trey Lance is going to have this weekend. So that's a 10-pointer, whereas like the Niners winning straight up against the Bear, uh, against the Bears would probably be a one-pointer. So that's how we're grading here. Does that make sense to you, Eric? Because I hate having to explain this really childlike game we have here. Yeah, and everything you do is so professional except for this. This is the only childlike bit that I've ever seen. So yeah, no, I'm set for you. No, that's sure. That's yeah. No, this, this puppet, by the way, I did bring the puppet up from the <gasps> basement. He did not get flooded. Of course, puppet Linquist. If you remember the tip off show, which I really think based on what stochastic has become, the tip off is one of those things that like, I feel like could have been a big deal if we, if they would have been invested in and, and we didn't have to maybe write scripts for, <laughs> it was the return of the Jedi of stochastic. That's what it was. Oh, hi, hi, I'm Puppet Linguist. I haven't been on YouTube in a while, and maybe the Splash Play audience will like me. I don't know, but I'm going to do this bit and do this voice solely for Eric and nobody else out there. My wife's going to love that is what's going to happen. Oh, I, it was a great marriage, great wedding there. We had so many lovely appetizers. I was just munching away. I was going, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> A puppet eating a microphone. <laughs> I, honestly, that was the genius that I needed here at 7.30 a.m. on the West Coast. Um, man, yeah, honestly, honestly like, I thought I couldn't miss you more. Then you go and pull a stunt like that. It was beautiful. There you go. I'll take the laughing, crying emojis oh. for that one. And <laughs> we do so many so weird crazy. things on this one. <laughs> Tyler's like, oh, should I look away for two seconds and I come back to his facts? But to be clear, that is a puppet of Eric. Though, honestly, it's one thing that's always bothered me. Is this puppet could literally be any man with brunette hair. Like, he doesn't... There's nothing specific about this though. puppet, but he looks enough like you, looks enough like me. Could be anyone. It's the blue eyes. I Honestly, I'm going to go as Puppet Linquist for Halloween now. I just decided. That yellow shirt, too. I mean, I'm pretty sure I have baby pictures in that. I'm, I'm actually a British puppet, and in fact, I'm quite sad today due to the loss of our beloved queen, Your Majesty... Uh, I'm going to gobble the microphone one more time just for you. Just gnawing on that thing. Uh, uh, good thing <laughs> it's, it's very... That's what I needed this week. <laughs> so here it's we very go. dick-like. Like. That's great. Subscribe, that's of course, to the channel brand. as well. Splash Play. As I mentioned, the schedule is going to be moving around a little bit. I'll do some shows next week. i got to figure out who I'm going to have on as guests for the, the non-Pete shows. But Pete will be back next Friday with me doing the usual bits we do on here. But Eric, it's time for the Ride or Die picks. We're going to go game by game here. You know how we slate things uh, from my stochastic days. But San Francisco, 23.8 implied points. Chicago, 16.8 implied points. Pete's rider die pick for this one is in fact that Trey Lance rushes for 100 yards. He oh. believes that's a 10 pointer. Um, so our accountant Willis, yeah. uh, please, please track that accordingly. Um, does that sound crazy to you? Cause I don't think it sounds crazy. I know the projection systems had a lot of hard times with Trey Lance uh, trying to map out like he was rushing so high of a level uh, for his little bit of a sample size last year that I know uh, Eric Bynum over at Spike, he was talking about that and just how we, the numbers didn't make sense to him. Um, I think this is a nice pick by Pete. Like this is a 10 pointer, but it's like a really good 10 pointer. 
I mean, it's definitely a 10 pointer. I mean, we had three starts uh, last season, 89 being the top end result against Arizona there. Um, I mean, this is, this just comes down to what Shanahan going to do with Lance, with Debo, with, I mean, they have just such an eclectic group of weapons and they do so many things differently contrarian to like the normal positionality. So like, I think Trey Lance has a large, large range of outcomes for what his season can be. That makes him a great target for best ball. That makes him a great target for DFS week in, week out. Uh, you'll get some tough matchups where he still rushes for 100 and gets you there. I mean, that's definitely a 10-pointer. Uh, I don't think it's very likely, but uh, definitely going to say he's more likely to do it than just about every other quarterback besides Lamar Jackson. All right, so would you have a pick in this game then? Because I'll, I'll give you mine then so I could set the table for you. Mm-hmm. So you saw what Pete thinks is a 10-pointer. For me, I think my 10-pointer would be that uh, Debo Samuel goes for over 150 receiving slash rushing yards. I feel like that would also be a 10-pointer um, in terms of probability. So uh, now that that's where the bar is set, Eric, what do you want in this game between the Niners and the Bears? I think George Kittle has under five fantasy points. Does that count if he's injured and doesn't play due to his groin? Oh, well, no. Then then if he's on the field, he's just going to still be ineffective and whatsoever. I will say, I do think Brandon Ayuk is a guy that just randomly showed up for, for me quite a bit. And I feel like you have to carry some of the best ball takes into week one, or what are you really doing with your life? So Brandon Ayuk, I will say that he gets seven or more catches. Seven or more catches, more than he had in any single game last year. That would be his. Uh, that would be my 10-pointer. Okay. All right. Ch- Chad, is that a 10 pointer? You tell us, but I'll, I'll give you a seven or more from too. a guy who didn't even get targeted more than seven times. Let's see. Oh, he got quite a few seven target games. Just didn't catch the football. That's not great. Five targets per game. So yeah, it would be definitely above the average, but we, um, there are a lot of hype around him all camp. Certainly have taken the leap this year. So we'll see how that goes, but I'll give you the 10 pointer for that one. New England, 21.3 implied points, Miami, 24.8 implied points of this game. Battle of the AFC East. Pete's ride or die for this one is going to be Ramondre Stevenson outscores Tua. He finds that to be a generous three pointer. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's a, that actually is a very, cla- Pete knows this game all too well. That is a classic three pointer. Mm-hmm. Ramondre outscoring Tua. Uh, Eric, what do you want in this game? Uh, for does it have to be a three pointer? It could be anything. It could be a one three. Jalen Waddle is going to double up Tyreek Hill in fantasy points. Wait, who is going to double up Tyreek? Jalen Waddle is going to double up Tyreek Hill. D- yeah, doubling up is definitely a ten pointer. I think. Yeah, thank you. Okay, that, that we want all the Jalen Waddle. We want none of this Tyreek Hill goodness. Man, I Tyreek looks so good in that one preseason game that like it made me go, "Am I wrong about what's going to happen this year?" Um, I know you're anti Tua, right? You think he's got a noodle arm? I do. I think he's out there. Uh, I mean, he he had one of the greatest college football moments, I think, of all time coming in in the second half uh, for Alabama. The touchdown pass to the corner to win a national championship as a redshirt freshman. You can't really top that. But I will say that I thought he was one of the worst draft picks coming off of that hip injury. It's so, so difficult for me to imagine him having like a top 10 top 15 QB season, even with the weapons he has around him, unless it's going just straight through Jalen Waddle in the short, like you, these short intermediate routes, that's going to be all that Miami does, or they're going to be in a lot of trouble. So one thing that did stick out to me, which I was actually on one of the solo streams, I think last week I had pulled up uh, the 33rd team's uh, new tool, the edge, which, you know, does provide some of the same data you're going to find from like the PFFs of the world. But I do like what they're doing with that one. <clears throat> And two was like a better deep ball thrower than he gets credit for um, in terms of accuracy. I'm actually seeing it on my screen right now that he actually was 55% accuracy on his deep balls last year, which is something that to me, like I hate to it too. Like I definitely have filed him away as like kind of being overrated. Excuse me. God. Um, But I think in a spot, I will actually say Tua gets 300 yards and three touchdowns to go against the grain with that one. And and that feels like a a 10 pointer. That is a 10 pointer. 
I mean, you're going to be playing him in DFS a lot then. I'll, I will play some Tua because I think this, there's a chance the Pats just aren't good. And if Miami is going to do what the Niners did, which we saw that Kyle Shanahan teams sometimes will put up 50 points out of nowhere, that's a pretty big way to make a statement if you're Mike McDaniel coming into Miami and you have Tua slinging the ball around and actually living up to the hype. Like, I feel like they could put it down on New England and it just wouldn't surprise me that much. Yeah, but New England still made the playoffs. They lost to the Buffalo Bills machine last yeah. year. So, like, I got to just give it a little bit of a write-off. They always find a way to be better than I think they're going to be. But I'm with you where, on paper, they don't look that great. Our next game up, we got Indianapolis getting 26.5 implied points. Houston getting 19.5 implied points. In this one, Pete's ride or die pick is going to be Paris Campbell, the highest scoring Colt non-QB for 10 points. So he is saying Campbell will outscore. Jonathan Taylor will outscore. Michael Pittman will outscore. The great Alec Pierce. Um, a hot take, Eric. And I, I feel like, how are you going to follow that one up? I can't. What, do we just end the show now? I don't pick, yeah. What? <laughs> no. More than JT and Pittman? And is he okay? Pete is loves okay? Paris Campbell. That is one thing that he has been steadfast about. And it's surprising. Like, I will say, and you know this when you do shows with anybody, you know, over the course of time, I'm sure same with us, same with the other co-hosts you have at Stochastic too. But it's like, you start to notice like people have these blind spots. Pete loves rookies, loves fast guys, loves young guys coming in. He doesn't view Alec Pierce the way I do, which is that I think he can be like a burner who gets downfield and does some stuff. And he likes Paris Campbell more. I would take Alec Pierce. Like, I don't think he's going to outscore JT or Pittman, but I feel like he's got a better shot to be that guy instead of Paris Campbell. Wow. Uh, I'll go Mo Alley Cox, two touchdowns. Uh, I do think that this is like a spot that'll be a 10 pointer. I think it's a spot where there aren't a lot of punt tight ends that I'm that interested in, but the guy was on the field constantly every single snap with Matt Ryan there in that third week, I believe it was at the preseason uh, made a lot of sense that he's just going to be a dude that, uh, now that you've got what Jared Scott uh, Granson and Woods are the other uh, tight ends there uh, around him. Uh, this is the best, most isolated situation he's had at tight end. And I do not like these other wide receivers for the Colts. So it's either Pittman, Taylor or Cox, in my opinion. Wow. I, the Alec Pierce disrespect, Eric. I can't believe you're coming on the show. How dare I? How dare I? Right. Uh, he um, sucks. Do you have any Damian Pierce thoughts, by the way? I feel like we should touch on him real fast because he's yeah. definitely a guy that I feel like could stand out to people DFS wise. Ownership actually looks like under 2% according to the most recent stochastic ownership projections that I swear by and use for everything I do. Um, I am surprised by that, given the steam that Pierce has gotten publicly from all the casuals. Yeah, well, I think the major thing that we have to talk about about this game is that the Colts are going to be a defense I think people get to quite a bit. So if you play Pierce, you're obviously not, you're going to be going against one of the more popular defenses. I guess kind of as I'm refreshing it here, you get Commanders, Dolphins, Bears, like there's a lot of teams that are going a little bit higher than them. But 3,900, I mean, we're going to see some people pay up for defense this week because some of these defenses are in just such good spots in tournaments. Um, I feel pretty confident also when you have JT, you're not going to have JT Pierce lineup showing up anywhere. Uh, so I, I got to think that like getting to Pierce as opposed to Taylor, that's going to make you different than 75% of the field. So I don't completely hate it. I will say don't completely sleep on Rex Burkhead. He's a hundred bucks more. I understand the projection is going to be basically half of that of Pierce, but we saw so many times towards the end of last year where he was getting 16, 22, 16, 12 type carries, uh, for for the end of those games and in, in and this is obviously week one with a completely different situation but no Marlon Mack uh, feel pretty good about Rex Burkhead being a very off the wall play yeah Burkhead uh, intrigues me given the work they gave him down the stretch we'll see how that goes also I don't know this reference Eric but from our guy Jason OG Mans fan 69 of there can you get Eric Striptease beatbox that beatbox ran in my brains throughout every NBA slate give the people what they want Eric 
Put it on Splashway. Put it on Splashway. There it is. That honestly was more of like a club beat than a strip tease, I feel like. Kind of what is mm, yeah, not seductive mm, enough, mm, but we get super chats for that. It, I get the dollar super chat, and I just get uh, naked for the. <laughs> Anybody's who wants to see a puppet butthole? <laughs> puppet goat SC. <laughs> oh my god, this turned into like uh, Team America real quick. <laughs> oh, what uh, a great movie! Great, great reference to that one. All right, I promise game. I will never die. <laughs> vomiting the vomiting scene i remember as a kid being like this is too much <laughs> even as a child <laughs> yeah, it's a like al-qaeda is offended by this uh next game up philadelphia 26.5 implied points detroit 22.5 implied points pete's rider die pick for this one is devonta smith outscores aj brown he yes. finds that to be a three-pointer yep. um i will go so what would you rate this one eric what if jared goff outscores chalk qb cash game qb jalen hurts would that be a 10-pointer that would be a 10-pointer for me. And we're talking about, what, seven in terms of projection difference between the two? Uh, yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. Pretty big. <laughs> I, I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to be like a – I don't want to say like auto-fade for me for, for tournaments this week. That's kind of putting it a little harshly. But I will say that why do we just expect everything for Philadelphia to be pass-centric now? Like what changed – in such a drastic way, just because you get A.J. Brown doesn't mean that you're going to utilize him correctly if Jalen Hurts can't do the do the things that we need him to do to make him the same type of fantasy asset that he was in Tennessee. I, I get Ryan Tannehill profiles a lot of the same ways as Jalen Hurts, where he's had the legs uh, in that component to his game and hasn't always been one of the the like steadfast like QBs that we rely on to get the get the number one of all, but. I don't really love AJ Brown with the uh, with the presence of Devonta Smith. I feel like Devonta Smith. I'm on board with that take. That was going to be mine. Was Devonta Smith uh, outscores AJ Brown? But uh, just feels like Devonta Smith. Nobody, nobody wants to play the dude that was obviously the only soul that they had in the receiving game last season. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable way to look at it. I, I, you know, I really think A.J. Brown just gobbles up the entire pass game offense just because I don't think they want to throw a lot. They had so much success last year running the ball. I think Hurts is a really nice play, though. You know, I thought it was pretty telling that on Wednesday stream with Ryan uh, Rinpak, like he was talking about not playing Jalen Hurts at all in tournaments just because of the fact that he felt like they didn't align the well with double stacks. I think the A.J. Brown part scares me. Like there's a world where he could be Debo Samuel. He can put up 150-yard, 200-yard games and it wouldn't be shocking, but... Um, there's certainly a risk profile there. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say, like Ryan saying no double stacks. Like I think Jalen Hurts makes the most sense as a skinny stack. And I think most people, when you're playing a 200,000 person tournament, like a skinny stack is going to make the most sense because Jalen Hurts, if he just has one guy who catches, you know, the majority of the passes like an AJ Brown and then rushes for 70, like you're in a phenomenal spot. But for me, I will take like the rest of the board as opposed to a guy who's projected for 10% that could get steamed up to around 15 by lock. So what was your formal ride or die pick for this one? I'll, I'll literally just poach exactly what he had because I felt the same way. Uh, okay. I, I do think Devonta Smith outscores A.J. Brown. All right, so two three-pointers to go around there. Cleveland, 21 implied points. Carolina, also 21 implied points. This one is now a pick em for the Baker Mayfield revenge game. Pete's ride or die pick for this one is Christian McCaffrey outscores Jacoby and Chubb combined. He finds that to be a three-pointer. I will say Christian McCaffrey scores less than 15 DK points. That's my, that's I think a 10-pointer based on what everybody else feels about McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey leads the entire slate in scoring by four points. Oh. Um, 
There are so many paths for Christian McCaffrey to work out well in this game. It's obviously competitive. You're basically in a pick'em situation. And I I can't tell you how, how I mean, Christian McCaffrey for me is still like the fantasy asset, more so than Jonathan Taylor, more so than everybody. If you had the number one pick in a draft this year, like for me, it was always Christian McCaffrey because the passing role, because, I mean, they have Hubbard and Foreman there. They are the absolute last resorts, period. You're going to see 85, 90% of the touches. And the passing game role, and knowing that it's Baker Mayfield who is going to be back there, I feel pretty confident checkdowns. I feel confident that you could see a lot of uh, opportunities in the rushing game for him. I do think Carolina gets after Cleveland in this one. Okay. So yeah, people also thinking that too in the chat tragedy saying Browns, eight sacks, two picks. If everybody's going to know how to get to Baker Mayfield, it is going to be those Cleveland Browns. Jacksonville, 20.8 implied points. Washington, 23.3 implied points. Pete's ride or die for this one. Jamal Agnew scores zero points because of the curse of LaVisca Chenault. He finds that to be a three-pointer. I'm going to leverage against Pete's pick here, Eric. I do think Christian Kirk is in a nice spot. Actually, our guy Derek Class at a Football Outsiders wrote up that uh, the slot has been a really weak spot for Washington historically to defend. And I, he thinks that in this Peterson offense, a Kirk is going to go off basically this game in particular that said jamal agnew over 15 fantasy points i think is a 10 pointer <laughs> it's, it's the kind of game we play here eric just trying to make each other feel bad oh my <laughs> lord uh i will say i think the highest scoring fantasy player from either team that isn't the quarterback is going to be dotson dotson is Ooh. an absolute buy for me have you watched this guy penn state days i mean we are talking college football god um i i could not be higher there's only one rookie that i'm higher on than dotson and we'll get to him a little bit later all right next game up we got baltimore 25.8 implied points a seven point favorite at the jets 18.8 implied points uh zach wilson's status is still up in the air right uh yes okay so we'll see about that one so wait zach wilson yeah, because he's like... Oh, he's out. No, he's, he's out. It's, out. He's okay. going to be out for four weeks. Yeah, four weeks well, is I what thought I he, saw. Okay, I didn't know that was official. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, Isaiah likely outscores two of Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, and Garrett Wilson combined as Pete's pick for that one. He finds this to be a 10-pointer. I'll give it to him because Pete's not here. He can't, we can't argue back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you want in this game, though, Eric? Baltimore and, and the Jets. Lamar Jackson, QB2 on the week. Okay, that, that feels like a 10. So would you go as far to say Millie Maker? Because I feel like that's an easy yeah. 10. He's, he's going to be, he's my second highest on quarterback. It's so easy. So in the same way that I feel about Hertz, where you can skinny stack him with a main guy, I mean, you just take Jackson, you put him with either Bateman or Andrews, and you just hope that he has that ceiling rushing game. I also think the Jets defense is a lot better than people think. But for me, that almost opens up a, a different, uh, like a web tree of, of possibility for Lamar Jackson for upside. We saw so many games where they were in like major come from behind mode where he hit ceilings that way. We also see that if they're under pressure, like if he's under siege and you know, if you don't have JK Dobbins out there, he's going to be your main rushing component in that game. So, so many paths for him to, to go completely nuts in this one against a Jets defense. I do think is better, but he will definitely be able to get after them still. All right, I'll take Michael Carter, highest scoring skill position player in actually. Yeah, I, if on the Jets is not a 10 pointer, right? But in the entire game would be a 10 pointer. Yeah, I, I think he's my favorite run back with Baltimore, which is so weird to say. Like he he's such a check down guy. We saw him in, in North Carolina alongside Williams and uh, Javante is I have no idea what to expect. He's probably the biggest blind spot I had this entire offseason. I have no idea what to do with him at all. Um, we'll kind of see how it plays out. I, I was very, very scared to take him in like a second round type setting uh, and he i could absolutely see a path where he goes nuts but like michael carter i i don't understand all the Brees hall hype 
I don't get it entirely when you could get basically a guy in a 50, 50 time who gets the passing down work or what I assume to be the passing down work in Michael Carter, like four rounds, five rounds later. So I'm with you. Michael Carter, I just think is going to have a big year. All right. So there we go. Next game up. We got new Orleans, 24.3 implied points, Atlanta, 18.8 implied points. Pete's ride or die for this one is that Kyle Pitts outscores Jameis Winston. He thinks that's a three pointer. I'll allow it. Um, Eric, what do you want in this game between the saints and the Falcons? Chris Olave, highest scoring skill player in the game. This is the guy that I'm just pointing at that I think is going to be a monster. Jameis Winston coming off of the last season where, you know, obviously uh, there there was the one upside game and then injury. Um, but this is a, a Chris Olave who, if you watched him play at Ohio State and you didn't think that he was going to be special at the NFL level, I think you should probably just never watch football again. Okay. I, he is kind of the guy too, that you would think Jameis, who we know historically does love to sling it around. We'll see if the reins get taken off him a little bit more so we can go for those 500, 600 air yards games. Oh, please God. Let's yeah. do it. And five picks. I'm here for it. If, if honestly, if he does though, Olave is going to have a 1500 yard year because he was making Justin Watson and Perriman look like stars at that point. But I will go the other way though. I will say Atlanta, who is a six point dog, I guess five and a half point dog at home. Atlanta wins this one outright. I think is a 10 pointer. Yeah, well, here's the thing. So Chris Olave, um, I absolutely think goes nuts here. But Drake London is probably in that trifecta of three guys. I think Olave, Dotson, and and Drake London at USC made uh, what's his face? The guy who transferred to Pittsburgh. Your your USC Trojans. Yeah, the guy who um, transferred from Pittsburgh. Addison? No, a guy who transferred. So no, that was the wide receiver Addison that, that yeah. tra- transferred to USC. But who was the quarterback? A uh, Slovis. Uh, oh Keith yeah, yeah. Slovis. He's now with Pittsburgh. You were catching footballs from one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen play at USC. Slovis isn't that bad. Slovis was, was pretty bad. bad. Oh, you know, he was he, tough. He to had watch. his confidence shelled by them trying to replace him a bunch, but he had like that 400 yard pass. Like he had some moments. I, I I could talk USC too much, so we don't. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm saying Drake London. I think is a monster. He had 48 dudes hanging on him every single possession last season, and he just looked great. Drake London is probably the most pro-ready rookie receiver in terms Correct. of beating press coverage and all that stuff, which is, uh, I agree with that take. Uh, let's keep it moving here, though, so we've got to make some good time down the stretch. Pittsburgh, 18.8 implied points. Cincinnati, 25.3 implied points. Pete's ride or die for this one is that the five highest scoring games in the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game is going to be Bengals, uh, which is a classic Pete one. He likes to do the over uh, the overstacked teams for his ride or die picks, but that's going to be a 10-pointer. Uh, for me in this one, Eric, I will say that... Um, Man, I don't, I don't love a lot in this game, honestly. But I'll say T. Higgins gets seventy-five more receiving yards than Jamar Chase. That feels like a ten-pointer. George Pickens zero catches. Wow. Okay, so you're fading the Pickens buzz, even though you like the rookie receivers. No Pickens. Uh, this, this has gone too far. Mitchell Trubisky, I, like, stop it, stop it, everybody. They need to start Pickett sooner than later. Oh, but he played with Buffalo for a year. <laughs> he did. So he learned all the things. He's going to be Josh Allen now that he's in a new spot. My God, stop it, everyone. Uh, the One of the highest total games of the week, Vegas, 24.3 implied points. The Chargers, 27.8 implied points. Pete's ride or die pick for this one is that the winning Millie Maker lineup has three players from this Chargers-Raiders game. Wow. I'm going to go the opposite way, uh, Eric, and I'm going to say that actually the Chargers limit Vegas meaningfully, yep. and they actually the Raiders score less than 15 points will be my my 10-point ride or die pick. Yeah, I love that pick. Uh, Chargers by two touchdowns. I'm, I'm with you. I think that this is a Chargers team to be invested in. Uh, not necessarily in DFS this week, but in terms of futures. Uh, tough to find a number that you actually like anymore or ever at that point, but Chargers are going to roll in this one. 
I like the Raiders a lot. I've talked about it. Like, I think this passing offense is going to be good. I do think week one against the Chargers defense that has more meaningful guys added. Khalil Mack is like a pretty big addition for them, in addition to Bosa getting better and like all these yep. guys that I think are going to come together meaningfully. I think this is a statement game for the Chargers. And I think that when James. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just have so many guys that like, you know, we don't talk enough about defense, but like a lot of what they were talking about in Chargers camp was that defense is making it tough for a Chargers offense that we know is really good. I think it's going to be the case that they do like make it so the offense doesn't even have to do that much just to win games. Did you um, get any Kansas Palmer City, in best ball? What was that? Did you get any Joshua Palmer? I did. I actually was getting him a lot in the beginning, then got less because he got steamed up too far ADP wise. Yeah. But when he was going in like the 170s, I thought he was a great pick because if Williams or Allen go down, he's going to instantly be that guy. Yep, I love that. Um, Kansas City, 30 implied points. Arizona, 24 implied points. Uh, Pete's rider die pick for this one is that Eno Benjamin outscores James Conner. He has it as a 10 pointer. I feel like with variance, it could be a three, but all out <laughs> 10. Um, Eric, what do you want? Chiefs in Arizona, one of the other games that we love a lot this week. What if I just came in and said MVS zero? <laughs> like, what, like, well, what <laughs> would my, what would my, that gets you ahead? I mean, stop it. No, MVS puts up 30 plus and makes that statement. He automatically becomes the guy, the guy that everybody regrets and kicks themselves for when he catches two touchdowns. He's going to only have four catches, 150, two touchdowns. Enjoy it. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, he's projected for under 5% ownership by stochastic right now. I'm, oh, he's my highest owned player right now in my crunch. Okay, I, you know what then, Eric? I will actually agree with you and go MVS in the Millie Maker winning lineup. So that's a 10 yes. pointer too. But at 4,700, if he did have a game like that, you couldn't possibly not have him to even cash. Second fastest player in the NFL. How are you going to replace Tyreek Hill with a 6'4 version of him? Yeah. Oh man. I, you, you're honestly getting me more excited. Cause like, he's one of those guys that I felt like was getting steamed up a little bit too much, no. but he really could be like explosive. Even if he's not getting 10 targets a game, even if I'm wrong about it, like I don't care because the value, like it, he's sub five K in DFS and he was like a seventh, eighth round pick in best ball. So I don't care. Like, I don't care. Giants, 19.3 implied points. Tennessee, 24.3 implied points. Pete's Rider die pick is that Malik Willis registers a fantasy point. He thinks it's a 10-pointer, I guess, assuming some gadget plays for Malik Willis. Um, I will go a different direction and say that Traylon Burks outscores Robert. Well, actually, that's not that crazy of one. You know, I'll take that that's one. pretty it's crazy. It's Well, the projection from what? Osmo looks like, or Stochastic, excuse me, from not from Osmo himself, who is a human being. Stochastic is the company. Uh, Robert Woods has 11.3 projection from Stochastic. Uh, Traylon Burks, 9.3. So I feel like it's probably a three-pointer for Burks outscore Woods. Uh, that's that's still pretty, that's, that's bordering 10. That might be the six and a half point take that we've been looking People for. People don't believe in Burks. I think he's going to get his time, but we'll see. What do you want in this game, though? Uh, not a heck of a lot. I will say, um, Wendell Robinson, I think that he could probably put up 12 plus at three K. Um, I'll say that he makes like a top five point per dollar play on the week. Okay. I think that's, yeah, that feels like a, a 10 pointer. I think still just because of the fact that he's not that highly touted, um, second or actually it's the last game of the main slate. Then we'll talk to Sunday night football game real fast. Green Bay, 24.3 implied points. Uh, we do have Minnesota 22.8 implied points. That's actually surprising to me that they are a home dog in this one. Uh, Pete's rider die pick is that one of Romeo dubs or Christian Watson is a non QB highest scorer in the game. Pete wants that to be a 10 pointer. I think that's fair. Uh, what do you want in this game, Eric, with your beloved Vikings? 
if Alan Lazard plays, um, he's going to register less than fa- five fantasy points. Once again, kind of wow. the same way that I look at Kittle. Alan Lazard, I'm an Iowa State fan, uh, go Cyclones. That's where I went to school. It's where I played golf. But guess what? I don't give a flying you-know-what. Uh, this Alan Lazard hype has gotten out of control. I, I agree the hype's gotten out of control, but I think that is a 10-pointer to say he's going to have under five. That's just, he basically would be completely non-involved. Um, I will say Justin Jefferson starts his campaign that I've been thinking about, pitching about all offseason. I think Justin Jefferson goes for 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns in this game. Your lips to God's ears, please. <laughs> the Sunday night game, Eric, we have Dallas and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, 26.5 implied points. Dallas, 24 implied points in this one. Pete's rider die pick is that Noah Brown outscores Mike Evans. That's a 10-pointer. Eric, you could also pick a showdown winning captain for an easy 10-pointer as well because this is going to be the Sunday night football showdown game. Uh, what do you want with the Bucks and the Cowboys? Whew. Um, I will say Mike Evans, two touchdowns, feels pretty like a pretty fantastic spot for me, but I'm going to go actually to Jalen Tolbert. I don't really know what to make of him, but what an upside play he would be. I'll, I'll call him the optimal captain. Okay. That's interesting. All right. I like that call. I will leverage against you though and go CD lamb showdown winning captain. I think people have started to get a little too negative with him. Um, He is a guy that every, everybody in the Cowboys organization, former legends, Amari Cooper left the team. And it's like, they just need to give that guy 10 targets a game. I think they're going to start to do it this year. So a CD lamb showdown winning captain for me, Eric, give the people the plugs for yourself. Of course, you are doing tremendous work over in the stochastic YouTube and I enjoy your shows and I'll be watching a lot more of you again now that I'm back in the DFS streets, but tell the people where they can find you on the reg. Yeah, go to stochastic.com. You can also go stochastic.com slash Lindy. Uh, I have a Discord that we just started up here in a betting channel where I'm talking everything betting, everything prize picks uh, out here in California, everything that you guys could possibly want. DFS, if you want to come in there and talk that as well. We have the Discord that's set up that for uh, for Stochastic for that. But I'm doing MLB Live Before Locks. I'm doing every NFL Live Before Lock. I've got uh, betting VODs. I've got absolutely everything you could possibly want here. I'm going to be everywhere over on that channel. Looking forward to an NFL season. Come join us. And uh, of course, Spags, missed you, my guy. Yeah, there we go. Everybody misses us doing shows together too, saying definitely need more Spags Eric shows. We'll try to make it work at some point. And Tragedy saying great show. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully the show is not a tragedy for you guys out there. Hope you guys have a great week one. Please enjoy the games out there. Bet responsibly and all that stuff. And come back next week to the Splash Play show because we'll be doing some new things. I don't know the times of the shows. I don't know what's going on here. So just subscribe to the (laughs) notification bell and please come back and hang out with us and please enjoy your week. And good luck, guys, as I hit the outro. (laughs) 